it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. Here are your hosts, Josh Shapiro and Tristan Maddie. What's up, guys? It's Tristan here back for episode 83 of the Grounds Crew podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 13th, and spring training is finally here. The dark days are over, and I'm so happy. You know, this offseason, like I said, it just felt like it was taking forever. And right now, it's not about who's good and who's bad. You know, everybody's coming in with that clean slate. Everybody's excited for the good weather and everything that's coming soon. I know it's spring training in Florida and Arizona, but the rest of the country is still pretty freezing. But it's a lot of excitement, a lot of good vibes, and I know a lot of people are happy about it. You know, we're still a while from actual real baseball, but it's something, you know. But we got a lot to talk about today. We actually got some news uh, just some fun spring spring training stuff we could go over. And, of course, we got Behind the Brand. So let's start with Behind the Brand. You know we like to keep you guys posted with all the latest drops at Baseball Lifestyle, all the newest swag that we were releasing. And I believe this week we're dropping new phone cases, new socks, which is awesome because we've had those two pairs of socks or three pairs of socks, whatever it was, four pairs of socks. We've had those selling for a couple of years now, and they've been great sellers. But, you know, we're adding some of our best designs that we've ever had to this lineup. And you guys are going to want to check it out. So new socks coming soon, as well as new phone cases. And these phone cases are really cool. They're much improved over our basic designs that we've had. You know, awesome phone cases. But I think we're bringing some really cool stuff. So you guys are going to want to check that out. I really believe they're some of the best designs that we've had. So make sure to keep an eye on the Baseball Lifestyle Instagram. Stay posted on the email alerts if that's your thing, but just keep an eye open to see what's coming because it's some really cool stuff and you guys might want to get your hands on it. So that'll be at bl101.com. Of course, you can find all your stuff there, all your best baseball apparel out there, bl101, bl101.com. Now, let's get into the news from the show. So we want to start off with some of the biggest storylines of this year's spring training. Probably the biggest storyline of this spring training is where all these big-name free agents that are still out on the market are going to end up. You know, the free agent market has kind of seeped into spring training. We've heard plenty of rumors surrounding these big-name guys, but none of them have really signed yet. So it's likely that a lot of these rosters we've been seeing come into camp haven't yet taken their final shape. Obviously, there's always position battles at all these positions, but there's so many viable free agents out there that a lot of teams might want to reach outwards and try and get one of these guys on their team. I mean, last year we saw Yu Darvish, we saw Eric Hosmer, and J.D. Martinez all sign after camps opened, and this year we have even bigger names. I mean, we've been talking about them nonstop. Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Craig Kimbrell, Dallas Keigel, all those guys. Those guys aren't just going to sit on the free agency market forever. They want to do what's best for them, too, and get what's best for them is getting onto a team and making some money. It's wasted time if they're not signed with a team. So we'll see them sign, but it's going to be later than we would have been used to a couple of years ago. A couple of weeks ago, we also talked about all the prospects with the potential to make an impact this year, 
And that's also a big part of why teams are reluctant to sign players nowadays because they have all this talent, all this young talent. Top three prospects, Vlad Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., and Eloy Jimenez are all likely to be in the big leagues probably by the end of April. You know, the clubs are going to want to keep them down in the minors a little bit just so they get that extra year of service time. But we can all agree that those guys are probably big league ready. So Vlad, Fernando, and Eloy will probably be up in the major league sooner rather than later, which is really exciting because these guys are all uber-talented. I mean, Vlad probably the best hitting prospect to come into the league in a long time. And then Tatis and Eloy are both true five-tool players, one at shortstop and one into the, in the outfield. So it's going to be exciting stuff. These guys are going to be very excited, to, uh, exciting to watch. But there's also plenty of other top prospects, maybe not top 10 prospects, but very high-end prospects who are going to be fighting for big league uh, spots on the big league roster. So it's going to be really exciting to watch these guys try and compete and show why they should be in the big leagues. Nick Senzel, Brendan Rodgers, Peter Alonzo, Alex Verdugo, those are just a few of the guys you're going to want to pay attention to to see if they can start the season up in the majors. They're all going to get their chance, but, you know, we want to see these young guys come up and show what they're about sooner. Then there are those position battles that I briefly mentioned before. Who will get most of the reps as Boston's catcher? You got Vasquez, you got Blake Swihart, who they have been hanging on to for a long time. They still believe in him. We'll see if he gets the chance. And then you got Sandy Leone, of course. Can Kemp hit his way into another crowded outfield? He was able to come back and basically resurrect his career with the Dodgers last year. Get, got traded to the Cincinnati Reds. He's going to have to compete for reps out there, but can he do it? We'll see. Does he have anything left in the tank? I don't know. Kind of struggled in the second half of last season. What about Clint Frazier? We talked about him a little bit last week. Can he beat out Brett Gardner? Can he finally uh, live up to the hype that he had a couple years ago and come back and shine and take the left field spot in the Yankees lineup? And there's also plenty of outfielders fighting for spots in San Diego. I mean, you got Renfro, Janikowski, plenty of guys. Those are just a few of the battles, but there's going to be plenty of more. Of course, there's always guys like smaller problems that teams are just wanna, wanting to address. So, We'll see what happens. And then there's going to be position battles if the, these teams go out and sign free agents. So we'll see. They're, you know, it's always a part of spring training. And it's, you know, basically what spring training is for, working out that stuff. We've also got plenty of star players that are making their long-awaited returns. You got Yu Darvish, who made just eight starts after signing with the Cubs. He's returning. So that's really exciting for them. Corey Seager, he's continuing to work back, his way back from elbow and hip surgeries. Buster Posey, leader of the Giants, he'll be eased back into the action. You got Shohei Otani, who won't be pitching, of course, because of that Tommy John surgery. But he may get some swings in, because, you know, he could DH this year. And, of course, you're going to have some teams trying to attempt to work out a long-term extension with players throughout camp. It's always part of camp. You know, a lot of players set opening day as a deadline for when they would want to get a deal done, because they want to focus on the season. So the Phillies reached an agreement today. We'll talk about that. Jacob DeGrom, he set a deadline of opening day to, uh, to work at an extension with the Mets. He's under contract for this year and next year, so they got a little bit more time after that. If the Nats can't bring back Harper, then maybe they'll lock up Anthony Rendon long term. 
And of course, plenty of teams will be paying attention to the Rockies and Nolan Arenado situation because I know they want to re-sign him. We'll see if he wants to test the open market. There's going to be plenty of suitors, but who knows? We said that about this year about Machado and Bryce Harper, and look what happened. So those are just a few of the storylines you're going to want to pay attention to during spring training this year. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're, I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys are too. Now, the Phillies had a very good week leading up to spring training. Last Thursday, while many people were paying close attention to the NBA trade deadline, a very exciting time in sports, Philadelphia reached a deal with Miami to acquire catcher JT Real Muto. And finally, we've got an end to the Marlins teasing the entire league with Real Muto's services. I mean, this was getting so dragged out, it was so annoying. They had been discussing Real Muto with probably half the league. At some points, there were talks about the Dodgers, talks about the Mets, talks about the Braves. A ton of teams were interested. I mean, and why wouldn't you be? I mean, guy's one of the best catchers in the league. The Phils are sending top pitching prospect Sixto Sanchez, along with Will Stewart and catcher Jorge Alfaro, to the Marlins in exchange for the all-star catcher. The Phillies continue to improve their lineup by getting what very well may be the league's best offensive catcher. Real Muto slash 277, 344, 480 with 21 home runs in 2018. He's also under team control for two more years, so that's a nice little plus for the Phillies. And this is the team's fourth notable acquisition following McCutcheon, Sakura, and the signing of David Robertson. So they addressed a lot of issues all over the field. Many people are speculating whether it makes Philadelphia a more desirable location for Bryce Harper. You know, just... Does he see this team and see that they're ready to compete, ready to make a push? They've already been interested. It really comes down to money, I think, but we'll see. Now, as for the Marlins, they're hoping that Sixto Sanchez and Jorge Alfaro can blossom into stars. Sanchez has incredible upside. This guy has huge velocity. The only problem with him is he sits at just six feet tall, and there's not really a, base, a great history of guys who throw that hard and are that short. So... We'll see how it works out. The Marlins believe he could be a frontline guy. Hopefully it works out for them because their situation is not great and it looks like it's going to be a long rebuild, but Derek Jeter apparently doesn't want that to be the case. The Phillies also locked down Aaron Nola to a four-year extension. Nola will be getting $45 million over that span, and he certainly earned that extension with the production he's shown over the past couple of years. He ranks 7th among starting pitchers in ERA and 8th in war since the start of the 2017 season. Like, that's pretty unreal for a guy who's just been in the league for a few years now. He finished 3rd in NL Cy Young voting last season in a season where he was basically dominant all year. I mean, any other year he would have won the award, but it was just that there were two guys having borderline historic seasons. The Phillies now have him locked up until his age 30 season in 2023, and they're going to be looking for him to anchor the rotation for a long time, and for good reason. We'll see if the Phillies can continue their busy offseason and get one of those big-name guys, because that would really be the icing on the cake. That would be take the lineup above and beyond, and I think it would give them the division. It's going to be a very competitive division, but they would be a really complete roster from top to bottom. So, we'll see. There are rumblings that the Padres are being very aggressive in their pursuit of Manny Machado lately. On Tuesday, SNY's Andy Martino reported that the Padres had made him a very aggressive offer. 
He went on to say that Machado is unsure if he wants to go there and that some in his camp are still pushing for him to sign a shorter-term deal to play with the Yankees, who are actually still believed to be his presumed destination. And some people still believe the Yankees are in contact with Machado despite having uh, plenty of infield depth. So many people have believed that the Yankees were out on him. I mean, the public probably believed that they were out on him. But, you know, they're keeping that... uh, option open they're still talking to him they're still in touch with him so if he wants to take a shorter deal maybe uh bigger money on shorter years then the Yankees are definitely willing to give it to him I think that's always been the case with them they didn't want to lock him down long term because they didn't feel like they needed to so we'll see I'm if you can sign a guy like that for on a good deal then you do it it doesn't matter what you have you make room for a guy like Manny Machado, a 26-year-old superstar who's probably a top-five player in the league. You don't just say, oh, we have Troy Tulowitzki, we can't sign this guy. We have DJ LeMahieu now, we can't sign this guy. You make the moves to sign that guy. Which is what you would think the rest of the league would be doing, but apparently not. Rawlings also tweeted out pictures of Machado's black and white gloves for the upcoming season, and obviously that spurs more speculation that he will sign with the White Sox. But, you know, black and white, they're two of the most common colors. They're two of the most common neutral colors. So it could just be that he doesn't know what he wants to do yet, and it matches with anything. So I don't think everybody should be going crazy, but that's what people like to do. I am just really hoping that these guys sign with teams soon. I mean, it's just getting so annoying that the league wants to treat them like this i mean these are two guys in the prime of their careers and you know it's just they're not getting the attention they should be i mean this is why people are watching basketball or football instead of baseball and it's sad and i don't think either of these guys wants to be the first one to sign because you know the first one's kind of going to set the tone for the other one so i it it just kind of sucks how this is shaping out. I don't know. It also sucks that Kyler Murray is choosing the NFL over the MLB. I don't know how you guys feel about it. But, you know, I'm a big baseball guy. I like baseball more than I like football. And I would have loved to see what many are considering the top athlete in 2018's MLB draft come into the ba- uh, major leagues. Kyler Murray, the Oklahoma State product, uh, obviously a highly regarded prospect, drafted ninth overall by the Oakland Athletics. On Monday, Murray tweeted out a statement that he is fully committing his life and time to becoming an NFL quarterback. He will be returning $1.29 million of the $1.5 million signing bonus he received from the A's, and he will be forfeiting the remaining $3.16 million. It's not a surprise. I mean, this guy, he won the Heisman Trophy. He's obviously an unreal football player as well as a baseball player. And, you know, he wanted to follow his heart. So you can't blame him. It just, I would have liked to see him play baseball. But sometimes guys don't want to sit in the minor leagues for a couple years. And that's a big factor. The A's do retain his rights if he ever decides to come back to baseball. And apparently they're not giving up on him. Rosenthal noted that the A's have received conflicting signals from Murray. So they believe that his statement came from his football agent. And that actually was to demonstrate his unwavering commitment to football. You know, they don't want to take a guy that's wishy-washy who's going to change his mind in a year or two and screw them over. So 
The Athletics also said that they pl- always plan on allowing him to participate in the NFL Combine. And they still have the ability to offer him a major league contract in addition to the $5 million signing bonus. So it's kind of puts them in contention with first-round NFL money. I know Baker Mayfield, the first overall pick in last year's draft, he received $32 million, somewhere in that neighborhood. I don't think Kyler Murray will go number one overall, so he won't get that kind of, same kind of money. But endorsements plus that signing bonus, he's going to see his money a lot sooner than he would in the MLB. And today we'll be finishing up the show with some unfortunate news. Um, baseball legend Frank Robinson passed away last Friday at the age of 83. Robinson, he's forever going to be a baseball immortal. He was Major League's first African-American manager, as well as the only player in history to win the MVP in both the National League and the American League. The longtime Oriole and Cincinnati Red ranks 10th all-time on the home run list with 586 career home runs, and he won the Triple Crown with Baltimore in 1966 in one of his best seasons. He also worked with the MLB for a long time on increasing African-American participation in the sport. What he did for the game of baseball will never be forgotten. He will be missed. That's all we got for today's show, guys. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. See you guys. And that right there was the grounds crew. Brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle.